Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, for the last three weeks, Jake has been taking a look at the book of Exodus, and I'm going to continue that. And today's text is about the Ten Commandments. Maybe you've seen the Charlton Heston great film. Today we're going to dive into the law. Now, the law today does not have the best of connotations. I don't know about you, but whenever I think of the law, my mind goes to the worst possible case scenario. I think of police, punishment, and prison. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, this is a very modern thing, a very contemporary thing to associate the law with something negative. But I'm going to tell you that, well, if you think that, then you haven't been reading your scriptures very closely. For in the book of Galatians, Paul writes this, the law came through intermediaries. Now, on first hearing, that doesn't sound like much. Okay, well, the law was given through intermediaries, but it's actually pretty radical when you take a good look at it. What is Paul doing here? The book of Exodus makes clear that the law was given by God to Moses. And St. Paul here says, well, actually, the law was given through angels. The implication, the law not coming from God himself. Why does Paul throw this shade at the law? For that's what he's doing. Now, I think we can all, as Christians who are at a law gospel church, a radical gospel church, we understand where Paul's coming from. What Paul is saying is that if your standing before God is contingent upon you obeying these mere ten commandments, you are in trouble. I don't know about you, but when I go through these, I've broken just about every single one, or at least what Jesus says they actually mean in the Gospels, right? You have heard it say, do not murder. But I tell you, if you think of someone and say, you fool, or you hate that person, then you are guilty of murder. If this is true, this is bad. This is police, punishment, prison for you and me. This means that our salvation would be very conditional. But I'm going to give you, right at the start, what we usually wait to the end to give you. And that is that St. Paul can write this because he is making clear to the people in Galatia that you and I are not saved by law observance. Our standing before a righteous and holy God is not contingent upon us obeying these perfectly or even very well. You and I are not saved by law observance. We are saved by Christ's law observance for us and on our behalf. And this is full stop. So when we read these Ten Commandments, as we have and as we will, we don't have to worry anymore. That negative association with the law, that should be done away with. Because as St. Paul makes clear elsewhere, there is now no condemnations 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we see this even in the book of Exodus itself. If you want to, turn back to page 7. Look at the preamble to these ten words, or these ten commandments. God says this, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Did you hear that? I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of bondage. This preamble assumes salvation. This preamble assumes that God has made a way out of no way. That he has delivered his wayward servants. You remember the story of Exodus? How the people of God, left and right, are disobeying. Left and right are putting idols before the one and only true God. And yet, here in the midst of that, Almighty God says, You are saved. I have brought you out of the house of slavery. So again, not just now, but even then, God's deliverance is not contingent upon the people of Israel's law observance. God has already done it. He's already delivered them. The work is complete. And that is why, in another part of Exodus, God can say clearly, when it comes to their salvation, when it comes to their standing before him, all you have to do is be still. So with this in mind, the assumption of salvation already in place, the negative connotations of the law done away with forever. Again, there is now therefore no condemnation. Why then the law? Why then, the same person who said the law came through intermediaries, the one who takes a little jab at it, why later in the book of Romans does he say this about the law? That the law is holy, righteous, and good. How can he say those two things at once? In other words, what's so good about the Ten Commandments? Well, I don't know if you saw it the other night. I'm sure a lot of us saw it. I've heard that it was the most watched debate in the history of presidential debates. I don't know if you watched that mess that occurred the other night. We are in the midst of a pandemic, racial unrest, electoral uncertainty, and all we Americans want is a little bit of hope, a little bit of comfort, and we got that. I don't know about you, but when I, about 50 minutes in, I was completely depleted kind of sinking back into my chair. And it's moments like that when I come to think that the law, in fact, is a wonderful thing. I mean, think about it. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not murder. Why do I have such a negative connotation with these things? This is, these are great things. And in our divided and at times seemingly lawless age, this lawless place, 
would it be that the Holy Spirit would birth in you and in me a love for this law? A desire to live the way of the kingdom? My friends, the Ten Commandments or the law is what the new heavens and the new earth are going to look like. And that is good news Because the chaos of your life, I'm not just talking about the political life or the life out there, I'm talking about your life and my life. The chaos in our lives, which so often is the result of our own doing, the consequences of our own breaking of the Ten Commandments or the law, there's going to be a day when you and I will obey it. And we will love it. And it will be this great thing. When strife is no more. When tears are washed away forever. When everything that has gone wrong will be made right. I don't know about you, but I long for the day when I will stop hurting those whom I love. The Ten Commandments are a picture of that, of that day when we're going to stop lying and stop cheating and stop hating people and murdering them in our minds. This is good news. This is the way things will be. And this is the way things can be in this life. And we get glimpses of that, right? I think we got a glimpse of that the other day. The president comes down with COVID and his enemies come out and say, you know, we're praying for you. I'm hoping that in the midst of this, I mean, we are all praying. And if you are not, this is where the Ten Commandments, by the power of the Holy Spirit, needs to do its work. We need to be praying for our president, whatever we think of him. But we see that, right? It's been so chaotic And so ugly on both sides. And in this moment, we get a glimpse of resurrection. The war, at least temporarily, has been ceased. The attack ads taken down. We're praying together for this man, whether you love him or whether you hate him. This is what the kingdom of God will look like. And we got a glimpse of it, an inbreaking of it, by the power of the Spirit in the here and now. And so often, isn't that the case? We need a crisis. We need some pain. We need something out of the ordinary to wake us up and make us love God's law again. That's so often the way the Holy Spirit works. But my friends... Maybe you did not have that reaction. Maybe you're on one side of the political aisle and you heard this news and you didn't have that altruistic action. Or maybe you're on the other side of the political aisle and you have had some hate in your heart for the other side. And you have come to realize you have broken the law, you have broken the Ten Commandments, and that if you put your faith in your law observance, you're in trouble. Never forget the preamble. All of it is enveloped in grace. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the house of slavery. 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of bondage. The work is done. The killing voice of the law is no more. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. For that same preamble that was delivered to the house of Israel, God's people is delivered to you and me now through his Son. For he is Jesus Christ, the Lord, who on the cross delivered us from the curse of sin and death and the law once and for all. This is his work and not your own. And may this same God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, birth in us a love for the law, a love for the Ten Commandments. This is our future. There will be that great and glorious day. And by the grace of God, may we experience that inbreaking more and more. My friends, we are His, and we have nothing to fear not sin, not death, not even our own mess. Our Lord has delivered us from the house of bondage, from the land of slavery. He is not done with us yet, and by his Spirit, may he bring it about in our day-to-day lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.